Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Sharon and Derek Gilbert join our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, to look at the ramifications the new discoveries of DNA are having with scientists, the military, and even occultists. Being a listener-funded ministry is at times difficult. This summer has been devastating for Watchmen on the Wall when it comes to giving. Gifts to the ministry have almost completely dried up. Would you please be praying for Watchmen on the Wall that the needed funds would come in and we would be able to pay the needed bills and continue to produce and broadcast the uncensored truth? To support Watchmen on the Wall with a tax-deductible gift today, please call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can give online, swrc.com. Thank you for your faithful support of Watchmen on the Wall. Geneticists believe they can alter human DNA and create a better human being. Transhumanists believe they can manipulate our DNA as they strive for biological and technological immortality. And old occultists believe they can enhance our DNA by ritual and dark powers. Military specialists seek to transform our soldiers' DNA to create a modern-day super-soldier. The implications of altering human DNA are chilling. Sharon and Derek Gilbert are here to help us unravel the details to this molecular Babylon. We are visiting with Sharon and Derek Gilbert. They are Christian authors, researchers, and a part of the Skywatch TV team. Sharon Gilbert has done lots of research and writing on important prophetic issues regarding DNA, genetics, transhumanism, and related issues that are extremely important. I think you'll really see that in these programs we're going to be doing. However, it seems to me that Sharon and her husband Derek are gifted in writing about subjects that are somewhat obscure to many of us. We don't really understand the intricacies of genetics and what is happening in the laboratory today. And what are the implications of some of these breakthroughs for the human race? What are they trying to do to us? Well, Derek and Sharon, they just have a wonderful way of taking these real heady, philosophical, prophetic, scientific issues and bringing them down to where we can wrap our arms and our brains around them. So we're going to be talking about DNA, molecular Babylon, DARPA, and super soldiers plus eugenics or self-directed evolution and probably anything else that might come up. So friends, I want to be very clear. We're not talking about science fiction. We're talking about reality. What's happening now in the laboratory and beyond? And what does it mean for the human race? You need to understand where humanity is headed and the materials that we are offering our listeners, as you might say, for beginners. It's very accessible. You might be in the dark about a lot of this, but we have some eye-opening materials for you. It's basic stuff. It will be very helpful. I know genetics is hard to grasp, but the materials that we are offering will help you to know, to understand, and above all, to take an issue and take a stand with these important issues. Before I introduce our guest, I want to throw out a question. Is it possible that we could become so hybridized, so genetically altered and mutated that we're no longer humans, 
made in the image of God. Is this perhaps Satan's ultimate plan? Is this going to happen through germline engineering? And we'll talk about that. Sharon and Derek, thank you so much for being on the program with us. Oh, thank you so much for having us, Larry. It's an honor to be here. Always enjoy talking with you, Larry. As we start, what is DNA and how might DNA modification fit into Bible prophecy? First of all, DNA, of course, stands for deoxyribonucleic acid, and it's the molecule that essentially forms the pattern for who we are physically. I personally think the DNA is far beyond the physical, though. I think that if you look into the actual atoms and the subatomic particles within that molecule and then dig even deeper to the space where science says there's nothing there. In fact, there's now a story talking about the nothing in space and how it's just something that cannot be perceived in any way, shape, or form, so therefore there's some nothing that's pulling us all apart. I would say that because we see in Scripture that it's Christ, who holds all things together, mm. that at the subatomic level, that it is Christ holding the DNA molecule together, holding ourselves together, holding our organs, our bodies, our entire world and universe together. And I would also argue that if you want to talk about the spirit of Antichrist in the fallen realm plan, the ultimate opposite of the Lord holding all things together is chaos, flying everything apart. Do you think Satan is really trying to, what should we say, remove the image of God and humanity? I mean, does Satan think he can make humans better than God did? We represent God as his image bearers on this earth, and we credit Dr. Michael Heiser for the foundation of much of what we do. His books and his willingness to share his research have been so foundational to our study. But when you look at this long war that we're a part of, Satan is certainly one of the players in the enemy camp, but there are other entities, and this is part and parcel of the divine council worldview, the idea that God created the spirit realm and created entities to dwell in it, and he created them with free will just the same way he created Adam and Eve and their children, which includes us, with free will. And some of those entities in the unseen realm have chosen badly. They've chosen to rebel. Satan is one of those. Chaos, we believe, is another mentioned in the Bible as Leviathan or Rahab, and represented symbolically, especially in the Old Testament, by the sea. But we see that in Revelation 21, when there's a new heaven and a new earth created, and the sea is mentioned separately. The sea is no more. It's not a coincidence that in the ancient world, there was a common story to many of the ancient Near Eastern religions, in which a warrior god had to defeat a monster representing chaos in order to create the world that could be inhabited by humans. It was Marduk versus Tiamat, or Ninurta versus Bashmu, or Baal versus Yam. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Thor versus Yorgamander. Right, over and over again. Even in the Greek myths, you had Zeus and Typhon. So this is a common story, but in all of those stories, the warrior god escapes by the skin of his teeth, and in some cases gets help from other deities. Whereas in the Bible, we see it in Genesis 1, verse 2, when the Spirit of the Lord is hovering over the face of the deep, the Tahom, which is the Akkadian cognate, same word as the Sumerian Tiamat, which is the Sumerian form of Leviathan. So chaos 
subdued in verse 2 of the Bible. Without a weapon, right. just yeah. down boy. <laughs> exactly. So what would be the opposite of our Lord who holds all things together in him? It would be the force of chaos that wants everything to fly apart. And that is another one of the entities that we're contending with. And part of this idea that we can be whatever we choose to be, we can identify as this, that, or the other, I can identify as a cat if I want to, is I think that is the uh, domain of another ancient entity called Inanna. Yes, I've been researching about Inanna for a long time now, and it seems to me that she is she, he, it, Mm -hmm. because Inanna is just a fallen watcher, a watcher Mm -hmm. probably put here after the Babel event, who decided that she, it, he, whatever, really liked humans worshiping her. And therefore she is, all of her plays, all of her her stories, the poetry about her, all of that we find in the, uh, the ancient manuscripts seems to indicate that she loved turning men into women, women into men, and anything in between. And if you wanted to worship her, you had to emasculate yourself. You had to come in and just take your own weapon and make sure that you didn't have any boy parts before you got to walk in. And what are we seeing now is a world in which children are being encouraged to remove their anatomical features that identify them as male or female. Mm -hmm. It is just a modern aspect of a religion that goes back more than 5,000 years. Right. So with all of this tinkering, genetic mutation tinkering, messing with DNA, it's opening the door to complete chaos, a departure from what God has created. So I think our bodies could become so altered, so hybridized, so genetically mutated and morphed by the enemy of God that these hybrids that's what they want to make us, would no longer qualify us as human beings in his eyes. And so at the very least, hybridized beings might no longer be capable of free thought or free choice. And they would have a constant connectivity to a hive mind. You speak about interfacing with the cloud. And so we'll just be automatons. That's awful. Well, I know it is, isn't it, Larry? And today I saw a story recommending that lawyers should be implanted with some sort of a device so that they could access a huge library of information in a matter of seconds. Mm. That would include all of their private information for their clients. So what the article really went into wasn't the idea that wouldn't it be awful if lawyers got implanted with devices that allowed them to connect to a hive and access all this information. It was, what if they were hacked and their client's information became available to somebody else? It was a security issue, not a humanity issue. Right. Wow. Sharon, in your article, you mentioned something I've often thought about, and I've seen it. There seems to be a connection between people whose fields are AI, neuroscientists, geneticists, quantum physicists, and this other group, experts in spirituality, and Tibetan Buddhists, yoga masters, the Dalai Lama. So you've got these real brainy scientists who are doing all of this, you know, altering and playing with things and so forth. And then you've got these experts in spirituality, but it's not Christian spirituality. So what is the fact that there seems to be, whenever there's an AI 
meeting or conference or all these brainy guys get together, they always have a, some guy in a robe and who's chanting and, you know, hey, what, what's going on? How does this, quote, science? Yeah, I know. That's not science at all, is it? <laughs> right. Uh, many of these organizations that have the brainiacs sitting around and programming the newest algorithm, they also have resident gurus who teach them transcendental meditation and other methods of relaxation. I'm putting that in air quotes because what it really is teaching you is to tap into a spirituality that, as you say, is anything but Christian. They are not tapping into the Holy Spirit. They are tapping into something else. This was really revealed a few years back at the 2045 Initiatives Conference in New York City. And a couple friends of ours, Carl Teichrib and the late Russ Dizdar and Shelley, both attended and they commented on how much of a spiritual gathering this 2045 initiative was right. because they had gathered religious and spiritual leaders from different faith traditions. But the ultimate goal was very clear. The goal is not to enhance human capabilities or restore lost functionality, for example, mm-hmm. like someone who suffers a severe head trauma or a back injury. It is really about becoming more than human with the ultimate goal to become as God. Exactly. Right. It's trans. Humanism is the next phase of eugenics. They've just rebranded it. So when you see something like this that is actually a transformational gathering. Hmm. We have two items that go along with these programs. One of the items is the book, I Predict, What 12 Global Experts Believe You Will See Before 2025. And Sharon has a chapter that deals with human hybridization and what we're talking about. It is so fundamental and yet easy to read. You can see where this is going. You can see what's happening in the world. And she gives so many wonderful examples. And then the other offer that we have is a DVD, Molecular Babylon. It's a DVD of some of Sharon's PowerPoint presentations on genetics, transhumanism, and Bible prophecy. These materials will bring you up to date on transhumanism and related topics. And so, These things are being offered to our listeners. I'm sure you will receive much knowledge and insight from these materials. Now, I think the Pentagon, for example, and DARPA would seem pleased with all of this. This would fit into their dream of a super soldier. Super soldiers who have no need of sleep will run without fatigue setting in and will interface with AI drones. Tell us a little bit about DARPA. It's really kind of creepy because... What's going on here? (laughs) Well, DARPA, of course, is the research end of the military-industrial complex, if you want to put it that way, and DARPA. Originally, they were just called ARPANET. ARPA and ARPANET became the Internet, and DARPA is now an official thing, and they often will crowdsource, you know, go to various colleges and industries, and they will go, okay, pitch us your best thing for the following need. And so they will get all of these smart guys to come in and give them the, here's what I can do, and suddenly they have lots of new ways to have a soldier who can run faster, who can see like an eagle, who can practically fly, who has armor on constantly, perhaps is genetically modified so he doesn't have to sleep, a soldier who is no longer empathetic, a soldier who doesn't mind killing other people. That's one of the major problems. Derek's done some research on that, that one of the biggest problems for the defense industry is getting a soldier to kill. They found that after World War I, where uh, there was this very small percentage, I think it was like 15 to 20 percent of soldiers in the field would actually fire on an enemy soldier. And when they did right. shoot, they would deliberately shoot high because they just couldn't bring themselves to do it. Right. 
by World War II, when they started shooting at human-shaped targets, they raised that percentage. But now, using video games and immersive first-person shooters, they've raised that percentage again even higher. We've raised a generation of soldiers. But more than that, because there are a lot of non-soldiers who play those games, mm. kids who have been conditioned through these repetitive games to think that shooting someone else is really, it's, it's no big deal. It's, <laughs> it doesn't have the same impact on their spirit as it would have had 100 years ago. No, and again, I think these kids said, especially during the lockdown, the last two, two and a half years, that children are losing empathy. Yes. They no longer see other people as people. They're just another image in a video game. I think that's happening in the whole world. For example, China's response to Nancy Pelosi, and they're so angry, they're firing missiles all over the place. It's kind of like, well, we didn't get our way, so I'm going to kick the wall and kick the cat. And then Mr. Putin bombing maternity hospitals and apartment buildings being blown apart. I think we're losing our empathy. I mean, we see so many of these wicked and evil things and people say, oh, well, so what? We just kill another bug, you know, kind of thing. I think that's really changing the heart, and especially all of the kids who go to public school today, and I know there are some good public school teachers, but basically I think the curriculum is headed in the wrong direction, and so many of these boys and girls, they are just being desensitized to pain, to human suffering. It's like in a cartoon. Okay, somebody falls off a cliff and they go down, 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 and they bounce when they hit the bottom. But that doesn't really happen to human beings. When we fall, we break. We don't bounce. Exactly. The irony there, Larry, is that they're not sensitive to someone else's suffering. Yes. But if they get a little paper cut, <laughs> it's a big deal. Right. We see this in prophecy. The love of many will grow cold. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. So because we have been told in advance 2,000 or 3,000 years ago, depending upon the prophecy, that these things would happen, right. we are still going, where'd this come from? Yes, I know. Well, friends, Sharon and Derek Gilbert will be coming back for our next program. We have more information on this molecular Babylon from Sharon and Derek Gilbert next time. Friends, what are the ramifications of the new discoveries of DNA? Does the Bible warn about tampering with God's design? Find out in Sharon Gilbert's DVD entitled Molecular Babylon. These cutting-edge presentations by Sharon Gilbert were recorded live at the Prophecy in the News Prophecy Summit and includes over four hours of information featuring the topics Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, Hacking the Ladder, DNA 101, and Molecular Babylon. Make sure you order Molecular Babylon today when you call 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Free shipping is available on all orders over $100, 1-800-652-1144 or swrc.com. Friends, do you have peace? Greg Patton is here to talk about what you and I need now more than ever. Peace. Well, it just seems like God has given us a lot of life lessons in just the last few weeks on Pressure, stress, tension, turmoil. Well, I can testify to this. That's certainly the way that it has been in our family. And well, sometimes you say, 
I think I've reached the breaking point. Friend, maybe you're there today. So, I thought I'd share with you some things that God has used to help me in a very big way, especially in the last few weeks. Living in today's world is real. There are good times and bad, and our life is up and down and all around. So I'm praying this will be a special help. Sometimes life, it's overwhelming. How do you get that peace? I think peace comes when we acknowledge our love for the Lord and our conversations and teachings about the devil and his demons. I continue to say you need to focus on God and just glance now and then at the enemy. So here's what you and I need to do. You show your love for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you release control of your life over whatever the situation is. That's where real peace comes. One of the ways Jesus dealt with the pressures was just stepping away from the furious pace of this world. He did that to be alone with the Father. That's good advice for you and I today. He understood that communion with God was just, well, it was mandatory in maintaining his relationship with the Father. And it's also essential to experiencing peace on a continual basis. When we go to God in prayer, we express our needs and our total dependence upon Him. And that's important for us to recognize. You know, after a particularly intense time of ministering to the people, Jesus said to His disciples, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and just rest a while. Mark 6.31 When that stress builds up in your life and there's no relief in sight, you need to take Jesus' advice. You find that quiet place to be alone with God in prayer. Too much stress over a period of time weakens you physically. It damages you mentally as well as emotionally. We need breaks in life, even after times of rewarding activity. Jesus and the disciples had been doing what God had called them to do, yet there was a need for rest. There's a need for renewal. Everybody needs it. You may not be able to walk away from the pressure you're feeling right now, but you can experience God's peace deep within your soul today, my friend. Peace comes when you acknowledge your love for the Lord and release that control. It doesn't mean you avoid responsibility, that you run from things. That's not it. No, it means you're acknowledging your need of God. Does your schedule seem tight? Are you carrying a heavy burden today? You can find solitude in your spirit through Jesus Christ. You turn to Him today in prayer, even if you decided to get up and simply take a few minutes to walk around the block today. Take a few deep breaths and a whispered prayer, Lord, I need your peace in my situation right now. It'll make a big difference in your life. You know, there are four main experiences to the peace of God. Number one, total dependence on the Lord. As long as you strive and struggle to accomplish goals in your own strength, your own ability, you're going to experience times of anxiety and stress. You need to acknowledge God as your strength and your refuge, shifting the focus from self and your finite ability to Almighty God and His infinite ability and resources. Give God your burdens today. Let Him take care of you. That's so important. So you can experience and enjoy His peace. Prayer, there's a saying that goes like this, no prayer, no peace. You heard that, right? Prayer and meditation on God's Word are essential to experience real peace. When you hide God's Word in your life, the storms of life may blow, but they will not shatter your peace. It's also times of prayer that you learn to worship the Lord and praise Him for what He's doing in your life. These form a cornerstone for your intimacy with Christ. Without them, 
it's difficult to experience the full depth of God's love. Then how's your faith today? The absence of faith leads to anxiety, which is the antithesis of peace. Shalom peace, God's sweet peace, is not dependent on our external circumstances, not at all. It is dependent only on God. Before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus reminded his followers that they will have trouble in this world. He said, These things I have spoken to you, what? So that ye may know peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Residing peace is something you can experience today to its fullest because God has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. Even in times of personal failure, God's love is directed toward you. Childlike faith is all that God requires. Even if you are in extreme situations today, trust the Lord. Just close your eyes now. Take a deep breath and whisper, Lord, I want to trust you with this thing. Let your peace rest in my heart today, and I pray that you would guide me through this very difficult time. And then you need to focus on God today and not on the pressure itself or the stresses. Dependence, prayer, faith, it's got to have some object. If your eyes are focused on the problem, anxiety will take over. Capture your emotions. However, if you're focused on God, then you can rest in the fact that He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you strength, and especially that peace that you need right now to complete that thing and withstand the pressures. God has something for you to learn today through every trial that comes your way. He never wastes time, never wastes sorrow. He uses each one of these things to draw us closer to himself. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes, We're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed, are we? We're not despairing. We're not persecuted. We're not forsaken, struck down. We're not destroyed. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. True peace does not come as a result of eliminating sorrow and disappointment and discouragement. Not at all. It comes as a result of just one thing, and that is an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where anxiety ends and real true peace begins. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not, don't do it, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and God promises you he will direct your path. What a promise. Yeah, you don't have to be stressed out, fearful, in a mess today. Trust him. Lean on him. Focus on Almighty God. And never, never forget, he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's begun a good work in you. Oh, my friend, trust him because he is going to complete whatever that is. Peace, peace I give unto you, a peace that passeth all understanding. I pray that you have it, my friend, today, and I pray that this message, as brief as it's been, will be a special help to you and maybe someone you love dearly. It's just another part of living in today's world. Sharing Gilbert's explosive DVD, Molecular Babylon, is available today when you call 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com. Over four hours of information and analysis. Learn all the details in the DVD, Molecular Babylon. Free shipping is available on all orders over $100. 
call 1-800-652-1144 or visit swrc.com. Tomorrow, Sharon and Derek Gilbert will continue their look at the molecular Babylon. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.